1: So I decided one day to uh, change my parameters on dating apps to a younger age. I saw this as more of quote-unquote research because I write about this stuff for a living. And I thought, what are 21-year-olds looking for on dating apps? What types of conversations are they having? I started chatting to two separate guys on a dating app who are 21 and 22 They both immediately asked me what my Instagram was. I did not share it with them. They then asked me to go on Snapchat and I was like, you know what? It's harmless. I just use Snapchat to talk to my young nieces and nephews. I'll go on Snapchat. I quickly found out the wrong way that the reason why guys want to go on Snapchat is because the conversation and images and whatever disappear right away one of the guys the 22 year old he sent me a naughty picture and I was taken by surprise you know I'm a 35 year old woman I don't know if it's because MILF porn is so hot right now that this is what they're seeking but I, I haven't received a picture like that in many years I did not ask for it he did not ask me for consent It was also really long, and so I took a screen grab of it because, like, I didn't even believe that it was his. I have it, like, who knows? And I sent it to my friend Amanda, and I warned her first. She told me around the same time his message came in that when you take a screenshot on Snapchat, the other person finds out. So the 22-year-old writes me, saving that one for later with a winky face. Like, here's a guy who I don't even know sending me a picture of his eggplant if you will and i'm the pervert the 35 year old woman who never asked to see it in the first place but took a screen grab just because i wasn't sure it was real or not but then i did send to my friend and i felt so uncomfortable i didn't want to open up snapchat again all of this is to say when you go outside of your normal type you may get a rude awakening hi i'm jen kirsch and you're listening to lockdown love Now that I've had my talk with Serge, you know, went through all of that stuff with Facebook guy, it's now time for me to open up the floodgates. I am back on the dating apps and I've opened up my parameters. I'm looking for younger, older, near, far. I've been swiping in Nashville and New Orleans and also here in Toronto. I realized that I've always had a type. A certain kind of guy that I'm attracted to, that I go for, you know, this creative, kind of edgy, playful, kind of arty guy. But that hasn't been working for me so far. When I found out that Tinder was allowing users for the month of April to swipe anywhere around the world, I decided without a doubt, I wanted to swipe in Nashville. I love the vibe of the city and the types of artists and creative and music types of guys there. And of course, every single person I match with, I have like 12 musicians who basically all look the same. I start talking with one and he's like, Oh, I'm doing a, you know, Instagram live, you should come check it out. And then another is like, Oh, here's my SoundCloud account. And I'm like, fuck, are these guys on Tinder for a date or to do shameless self-promotion like are they looking for fangirls one just wanted to jump to Instagram right away but I connected with one he seemed cute he invited me to an Instagram live I didn't show up because again I didn't know what his intentions were and then we were chatting for a bit and he had told me that he hasn't been in a relationship in a handful of years he's sober now you know he's going through a bunch of stuff I appreciated the candidness of this, but it was too much for me, especially too soon. Had he been telling me about his process of writing music, since I'm a writer, I would have loved that. I would have connected with that. But instead, I felt that him knowing I'm a dating writer, he's giving me a story and maybe asking me for advice. Swiping in another city, although interesting, it turns out wasn't for me. I felt like... Yeah, it's great to meet these different types, but nothing is going to really ever come of this. I don't know when I could go on a plane anytime soon or when the borders will be open. And I don't want to waste my own time and energy when there could be, you know, someone more close by. So I decided to come back here to Toronto on Tinder and on my other dating apps and explore sort of what's in my backyard, so to say. When you're trying to connect and bond with someone during this time, it's really nice to have some similarities from the get-go because what's not so cute is jumping on a video chat and having nothing to talk about. Despite this, I'm still gravitating to guys with maybe longer hair, holding an instrument in their picture. I wanted to figure out why. Why do I have this type? Is it serving me? Is it time to shake shit up? To figure out all this stuff, I talked to a dear friend of mine, Dr. Jen Mann. Dr. Jen is one of the most well-known psychotherapists in the States, and she's most well-known as the host and therapist for VH1's long-standing hit show, Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen. She's also the author of The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy.
0: Even though most people think of the book just being for people who are in a relationship, it is also for single people it is also for post breakup divorce people as well because how your history how your childhood help you and hurt you in picking your relationships acting out in your relationships your patterns in relationships and this is really good information for people to really examine when they are exactly where you are before you pick your next partner to really know that about yourself and understand what your patterns are, and why you've made the mistakes that you've made in the past. And look, who hasn't made mistakes, myself included?
1: We've all done it.
0: But to really understand your patterns so that you can work on them and change
1: the cycle. Absolutely. I I don't know if you felt the energy change, but as you were saying that, like, my I wouldn't say that my throat choked, but kind of this feeling of heaviness in my chest, like, what? Where have I gone wrong? How can I be a better partner and search for better matches? Because when it comes to types, I not only gravitate to a very specific type, but that specific type always gravitates towards me. And I will tell you a bit about what that type is. Firstly, their their hair tends to be longer than mine, and I have quite long hair. Um, they are likely in a band of some sort, creative types, <laughs> and. Money or those those values of money are not of importance when I seek them out. Like my sister-in-law is like, so Jen, like, let me guess, he lives in a basement apartment. And I'm like, oh yeah, but he is so good looking. And like, you have to see him when he's holding his base. Like, that is the energy. And I don't necessarily know why I keep gravitating to this type and why I continue to, even though it hasn't worked out for me yet. And
0: on some level, someone
1: like that, is someone who is not
0: able to take care of you. And I don't just mean financially. And, you know, look, I'm not talking about being a gold digger, but I'm talking about when we come together, we decide that we are looking for a long-term future with someone. It's ideal to have someone who can pay for their share of the rent. Oh, yeah.
1: Someone who could pay for their half even of the bill when we go out for two drinks at a bar. What that makes me question... For my shrink-like head, is
0: what is it for you that makes you uncomfortable about being taken care of by a man? And when I say taking care of, you know, look, I'm a feminist. Like, don't get me wrong. I have I have identified as a feminist long before it was cool. To me, it's it's not just about someone taking care of us, but an equal partner. In situations like this, when you pick a wounded bird. You have to look at what's going on with you. Why do you need a bird with a broken wing? Are you afraid if you don't pick someone with a broken wing who becomes on some level dependent on you that they're going to fly away? Are there self-esteem issues that make you think if you pick someone who is whole, who's self-sufficient, who is not financially challenged, that they're not going to stick around? Is there some part of you deep down inside who feels uncomfortable being taken care of in any way. And again, I'm not talking gold digger taken care of. I'm even just talking about, yeah. I'm not going to date someone who can't afford to buy themselves dinner and who can't afford to buy me dinner. It doesn't have to be, you know, crystal and, you know, steak and caviar, but someone who does not show themselves to be self-sufficient Is not a great choice in a partner. Right. We have to ask ourselves, why am I gravitating? What about this is familiar? What about this is comfortable? What are the secondary gains? In psychology, we talk about secondary
1: gains. Tell me a bit about that.
0: So to me, a secondary gain is, oh, okay, so the relationship develops. He's financially dependent on me. He Mm. can't leave. You know, that's a secondary thing. It's so
1: interesting because I think of some, I'm trying to now play, I'm playing this sort of montage in my head of ghosts of boyfriends or guys past. And I think about all the calls you and I have had over the years when I've interviewed you for dating articles and stuff. And the similarity with these different types, with the age, the geographical distance, and sort of the type of like creative type is there isn't stability and connection so do I have a fear of intimacy? It, it sounds like it. I mean, you're picking people who are not able to show up
0: for you on a day-to-day basis, who are not able to support you emotionally on a day-to-day basis, who are not able to bring their 50% to the relationship financially. They're not going to require much of you because they're constantly on the go. So you, know, you can pick a creative... Look, I love creative men. Creative men are are fabulous, but you can find a creative man who is successful if if you like creative men, but it doesn't sound like you're doing
1: that. And even when I'm swiping away on these apps sitting, you know, at my dad's house during lockdown, I'm like, you could tell, you see lawyer, you see doctor, any of this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Long hair weirdo guy. Yes. I hope I match just
0: see the lawyer guy, the doctor guy, before you swipe left, what is the feeling that comes up for you?
1: I can't pinpoint the feeling right away, but right what comes up is like, oh, what are we going to have in common? When I am using digital apps to date, because that's what I've got right now, what, what what changes can I make to be a better me and to realize what's sort of been going on with me? Well, a few things.
0: Yeah, you asked me a great
1: question. Um, one is to
0: do that kind of self exploration work, whether it is therapy, um, you know, look, read my book. Obviously, I wrote it because I really believe that the insight and the research. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. can really help people better understand their patterns and break their patterns. So, so that's the first self-exploration work. Secondly is and connected to that is you do a deep dive. Like you're starting to do even just here with me, uh, I make a list of every guy you've ever dated, you know, for more oh, no. couple of dates, you know, anyone that you dated for, let's say, you know, three months or longer, What what went wrong in the relationship, what you liked about the relationship, and, and to really look at what the patterns are. And then step two is to look at what is it about those patterns that connect your history. And chapter four of my book about childhood is really a good one to help connect the dots for something like that. Right. The more you're able to work on the core issue, which typically is what you didn't get in your childhood... Whether it is nurturing or attention or the focus that you needed or the availability of a parent, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a dad. It could be mom, it could be like it, whatever it is to make the unconscious conscious and then work on healing that. And then three is, and this is actually a great time to be dating if you're looking for a long term relationship. The reason is that. Nobody can right. see each other in person and jump into bed together and then go, Oh shit. I didn't right need to fuck that guy. Like you, we, you've got all the time in the world now. And there's an understanding of we're not meeting in person. And by the way, it's also a really good time to assess because what's important in our relationships now are different than before. Before it used to be, Oh, long hair. Look how hot he looks yeah. with the base in his hand. If we're a couple, how is he going to handle a pandemic? Of course. Right. Is he going to be as conservative about his quarantine as I am? Is he being careless? Is he being reckless? Is he going and visiting friends and going to the beach without a mask on? Or is he taking good precautions? Because now we're dealing with life or death issues. The last thing you want to do is invite someone into your life that could potentially harm your father. The great thing about that is that it's going to force us to take the time to get to know people in a much more significant, meaningful way before we actually meet them. And I think that that is really ideal. And hopefully we can, especially any women, and look, men too, who are looking for long term relationships, hopefully we will bring that with us after a vaccine is found, when we're no longer in quarantine, when we can start to relax a little more, All hard right. to imagine that day. Yeah.
1: If people are at home now listening and they're using dating apps um, and they've thought as they're listening to this, oh, wait, I do have a very specific type and that they're not really working for me either. Would you suggest they go polar opposite in terms of age range, distance, what their height, what should people be mindful of when it comes to reflecting on what their type has been and what it's done for them?
0: I'm all for breaking the patterns. But if you don't address the underlying issue, you won't break the pattern. You you may pick the lawyer, but you're going to pick the lawyer who's irresponsible, who's emotionally unavailable. It, It may come in a different package. But because the wound is still the same, you're probably going to find ways to unconsciously recreate it.
1: There is this guy that I dated, maybe I'll just call him mustache guy right now, but he was crazy ambitious. He's super successful. He does look like a total hippie and wears, you know, his bolo ties from his bolo tie collection. But I remember when we started getting a little more serious, I remember crying and I I was just having sort of like, I guess, an episode, if you will. And I felt like I didn't deserve him. There was such a nice friendship and connection, but he motivated me because he was motivated. And though he has a love of music and his career is somewhat music related, he wasn't a musician. And I felt like I don't know why I tell myself this. Why do I feel like I felt like I was so happy and that I didn't deserve it. And I sabotaged it.
0: And and honestly, when I said to you, what do you imagine? What goes through your mind when you imagine dating the doctor or the lawyer? That was what I picked up on when I saw your eyes. And I think that a lot of us struggle with that. I think that that's a normal feeling, but I think that sometimes we have to just take contrary action. Sometimes we have to explore in therapy what is it about us that makes us feel unworthy? Sometimes we look at things incorrectly Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that you think, oh, well, if I'm not earning as much as he is, I'm not valuable or I'm not worthy. But we bring value to a relationship in a lot of different ways. And it's not just about what we we bring to the relationship financially. It's about intellectually, emotionally, sexually, humor-wise, insight-wise, therapeutically, like there's just in, like there's just so much that we bring in different categories and sometimes we outweigh ones that aren't necessarily what's important to the person we're with. You know, I've seen a lot of women, especially when it comes to like bodies, like, oh, if I don't have a perfect body, somehow I'm not worthy. Or, you know, now like you're saying like, oh, if I don't earn X
1: number of dollars like he does, I'm somehow not worthy. For sure. Also, when you meet, like some people are just... I love meeting people and some people are just so cool. And I'm like, you are just like, not even out of my league. I feel like that's such a dated term, but I'm like, you are just so cool. Like I am not as cool as you are. Like mustache man was fucking cool as hell. Like I was proud to walk around with him. You're
0: assuming mustache man is looking for
1: cool. And look, maybe he is. And maybe he
0: looks at you and goes, oh my God, she's so fucking cool with her pink hair. And she's so creative. And that's so awesome that she writes for all these magazines. And she does a podcast. Like I, like I dream, I always wanted to be a writer. I just love that she does that. Like you don't know, or maybe mustache man is like, man, I just want someone who's like more low key. Like I just want someone who's not in my industry. Who like doesn't give a shit about like all this like pretentious shit that I have to deal with. Like, who knows but it's like we we judge and we project and we assume and it's important that we get comfortable with who we are and we're clear on what we bring to the table what our strengths and our weaknesses are i'm a big believer that we always need to work on whatever our weaknesses are you know it's like you you know my partner eric and he and i one of the things that really bonds us is that we both have a belief that we owe it to ourselves and our partner to work on ourselves To be the best us that we can be, not just for us individually, but collectively for us as a couple.
1: You know, after my talk with Dr. Jen, I, you know, went for a nice long walk and had a healthy meal and sort of, you know, did me and kind of reflected. When I got home and I was swiping on Bumble, instead of going for the physical type I usually look for, I actually caught myself reading the bios Rarely do I ever read a profile, and after talking to Dr. Jen Mann, it already directly changed my interaction with the dating app. I felt a bit disappointed in myself that I've been judgmental in the past. I like to think that I'm not, and I'm like so cool and authentic, and really, I guess I'm just, you know, I do what we all do, which is we stereotype certain people, or we think because they're a hard worker and they work X amount of hours a week, they're not going to be that creative type or have this side hustle. So I would like to move forward being more open-minded to the types of people that I give a chance to or I give myself a chance to get to know. The other thing that's really interesting to me with talking with Dr. Jen Mann, I'm also attracting a very specific type. And so I want to do the work to change that since that has not been valuable to me thus far so we talk about you know looking at childhood trauma, which doesn't have to mean something crazy in this terrible life just sort of how you interpreted things as a child and your own self narrative and how you see yourself and how you since you were younger position yourself in the world. but also, I want to start analyzing my past relationships like Dr. Jen said that have been three months up to the three month mark or more and see. What was it about that person that won me over? What did I do that maybe made them reach out to me in the first place? What was our connection? And what was sort of that fatal flaw? And what was that downfall? I want to analyze these relationships so I could discover myself. And what better time to do a self-discovery than lockdown. According to this list, I date people that are never around. Why? Like, why the unavailable type? What what attracts me? Do I, am I scared of commitment? It's so weird because I feel like I love commitment, but maybe I don't. Is that why I've been a freelancer for my entire career? Like, because I can't hold a job? Can I not hold a man? Like, it's really funny just looking at some of these names. They're either unavailable because of the terms I've put out there, like as like a friend with benefits type thing, or they're unavailable because of their work schedule dictates that they're unavailable or they're unavailable because they live at a different end of the country. And when I think of this, like every interview I've given on air and even like on my old Cosmo TV show was always like a relationship won't work unless the balance of power is equal. So why am I finding people that I can't even fully connect to because we're separated by space or lack of availability? What am I seeking? Why am I doing this when I like to think that I'm a hopeless romantic and all I want is love to be loved and to love in return. I can't wait tonight. I think I'm going to pour a glass of wine, put on something really cozy, cutesy, just kind of sit down with my notebook and analyze because it makes me feel a little sad for myself. I at least need to figure out why I have these walls up. Why did I put them up? When were they put up? How do I break them down? Because if I think that I'm so vulnerable and open, I share everything, whether it's with my editors or my Toronto Star readers or even my producer who's with me right now, you know, through a screen, of course, lockdown, but I put everything out in the open and yet I'm hiding something for myself. And this is going to be a discovery of some sort, whether I like the results or not. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Love. I'm Jen Kirsch. Big thanks to Dr. Jen Man, author of The Relationship Fix: Dr. Jen's six-step guide to improving communication, connection, and intimacy. This has been produced by Adrian Muhajareen, Kimberly Hackyman, Alison Bruff, and me, Jen Kirsch. Lockdown Love is a production of Entertainment One's Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast.